When life happens, plans need to change. Shaping Change, hosted by certified financial planner Ross Marino, is dedicated to helping financial advisors better serve their clients when life takes those unexpected turns. I'm joined by Joan and Miriam, who I have to say had the most impressive session of the entire conference. Do you guys know why that is? Your perspective, please. (laughs) Here's my perspective. You were the last session of the day and it was a packed house, standing room only. I was one of the people standing in the back. And not only was it the last session of the day, it went 30 minutes past the end of the typical agenda and into happy hour. So the first day there, and for people who haven't attended our events, happy hour means lots of buffets, open bar, really cool scene on the beach in San Diego. Not a single person left the room. That's impressive. Well, thanks. And I gave them the opportunity. I said, hey, we realized we're standing between you and happy hour. So. But yet no, nobody left at all. Every, everybody was there. And then even afterwards, I hung out a little bit. And I always love to see the, the flock of people that move forward to then start asking you questions. And that that's the sign of an awesome presentation. I thought it was going to be great. Uh, had no idea that it would actually go into happy hour 30 minutes and still nobody would d- duck out. So congratulations. So that means my first question is, will you be back next year to do the session similar? <laughs> It would be my pleasure. Good. The power of the CE, you have to give that a little bit of credit here, too. That's true. Yeah, it it was a great session. So how about we take a couple of takeaways for advisors that were in the room? I know there was a lot of Q&A. You you shared a lot of information. We were dialed in, listening, taking notes furiously. So how about we start with you, Miriam? What's one thing you think advisors took away that was really important to them? Well, Ross, thank you for your comments and for the opportunity to do this. We had a blast. And the the one thing someone said to me that I just loved was, you said, if I summarize it, it was stop hating on end of life. That there is, he hadn't thought to frame the final stages of life as a beautiful part of the whole cycle of life. And that's because of how hard it can be. And it really shifted his perspective. And that's really good. And that's certainly, I think, a challenge is, we don't know how to start the conversation, how to bring it up. Uh, is it a touchy subject? Does the person want to talk with it? What's uh, If you could throw in, Miriam, what's a couple ways we could maybe do some conversation starters to bring this up with clients? Yeah, really, really good point. And the, the thing that we've emphasized in the beginning is that this can be challenging for advisors themselves. They might be going through this with their parents or themselves, and it can become a bit of something we want to the 600 pound gorilla in the room that we don't actually really want to talk about. So we really encourage people to think about first, what do you avoid bringing up? And what do you think your clients really want to talk about that they're not talking about? And and that might lead you naturally to the conversations and the question starters that you feel comfortable with. Um, You know, where, who do you think is going to take care of you as you get old? Do you want to live where you're living now? What might be some options? Really beginning the There's a fabulous quote from Margaret Heffernan about the creativity and genius that comes from preparation. So all of the things that you're seeing in front of you that this client might be beginning to go through some age-related transitions, and you want to help them begin to start thinking, what's next? Great advice. Joan, how about you? You got some takeaways for advisors? 
I do. And I just want to build on that first, that, you know, there's no cliche, vote early and vote often. Um, so I would say the one thing I would tell advisors would be start the conversation early and keep it going. So start when they're in their 50s, because they may have parents they're dealing with or other stuff they're dealing with. Um, I would say that the feedback I got on takeaways probably was more technical. They loved the idea although they didn't like the presentation of it, of the slide that had all of the resources that would be available to them. And what I think is useful with that is not only that they have the resources, but they understand this isn't a once and done thing. This is a complex thing. There are a lot of different people that you uh, can call upon building your team of whether it's attorneys, um, the, the services that provide caregiver consulting, um, and, and looking at all of it. So I would say that people came away with the idea that this could be as simple or complex as they want, but that they need to communicate how much they're gonna be involved with, uh, with it with clients and what resources would be available to them if they want to develop this area of their practice. I think this is one of those topics where you find as advisors, you're, you're not sure how people are going to respond. And we have these assumptions in our head of, oh, nobody wants to talk about that. <clears throat> and then we ask a question and sure enough, they just start talking. So it really is, it is the 600 pound gorilla, but apparently people don't mind talking about that. Is that, is that true, Miriam? I think sometimes it's, you just need to ask the question. It's amazing what people will tell you. So how about some takeaways for you, Miriam, anything you got out of the conference that as you were heading home, you thought, boy, that's a good nugget. I've got to think about that or do something about that. You know, the nugget that really stayed with me was Tyrone Ross's presentation on crypto assets. And I have felt about crypto assets like I have felt about technology. I need to know enough to get by, but maybe I'm too old and I can just skip that. And I've been curious, but I haven't really understood a lot of things. And what he opened my eyes to is very much like technology. There's the peril and the promise. And it's time I wrestle with it. And the thing that he told me that just really stuck is that communities who have not entered into financial investments, into talking with people like us, people who maybe we are concerned about in our profession, we are concerned about this division between the haves and the have nots and how do we get people in the conversation? They're buying crypto assets. And the concern that I had listening to him is they're also going to be disproportionately suffering from the perils if they don't understand it. How can we help them if we don't understand it? So I just, I really, I got his book that he recommended we read. I've started a book club with my Alliance of Comprehensive Planners folks, and I'm just really committed to getting past my, my resistance here. Yeah, and that's great. And, and Tyrone's fantastic to listen to. I, I, I swear I could sit there for hours. He could just keep talking and uh, I might miss the entire happy hour uh, if, he, if he was up there <laughs> speaking. But I'll tell you what I found with the crypto assets is it's not just that some clients are already investing in them because I ask and, and I put out feelers to find out who's doing what. What surprised me was the people who were invested in them. So some of the most conservative investors out there, at least in my perception, you find out they have this account that is substantial with crypto assets. And in my brain, I'm thinking, no, you're not the type of person that should be going out and buying crypto because that's not your nature. However, it seems that it attracts all different types of people. 
Well, you know, that's such a great point, Ross. And I think that that is actually my takeaway from a lot of the sessions. You just had some really thoughtful people who really challenged some biases and some we don't even know we're holding. And I think that's something that financial professionals really have to check at the door when they meet with people. And so, yes, I had the same with some of the clients who've come in for me with to work with me who have crypto asset holdings, and I wouldn't have necessarily thought they did. But the other thing that Tyrone really opened my eyes about is that a lot of people who own crypto don't understand the tax implications of their trading. Well, that's a huge value add we can bring them. And that there is this looming estate planning crisis because of a lot of aspects of the way they're held, how you get access, and how people haven't organized that and provided access to others. So those are two areas, tax and estate planning, where comprehensive financial planners have to bring value. And if we suggest we don't want to know about it or we don't ask, like, you know, fortunately you are, we're really hurting in a way our clients. And we need to take that seriously, I think. Great points. Joan, what did you get out of it? Well, you know, I'm kind of tied into the Financial Transitionist Institute Sudden Money Group and uh, get a lot of great information from them. The sessions that I attended were sessions that are of interest to me. I must be honest, I didn't do things that would have challenged me and things I'm not interested in. But the speakers I heard, a lot of them were not from our community. And so I got to meet new people, new perspectives, and so it, it stretched me from that standpoint. And I was really appreciative of being introduced to people who come from a different perspective and are addressing the same issues. And so then I collected new resources, new websites, new uh, information to be able to, to utilize in my practice. Those are always one of the, some of the great aspects of conferences is we're just going to hear different people talk about maybe the same subject that I've been talking about forever. And then all of a sudden they say it a little differently. They have a different perspective. I just love that about conferences. Joan, Miriam, appreciate you both coming out, speaking, keeping that standing room only audience well into happy hour, happy and answering <laughs> questions. Hope to see you guys next year. Thanks Sounds so good. Much. Thanks, Ross. Had the pleasure of having Jude speak at the Retirement and Longevity Conference. Hey, Jude, how's it going today? Great, Ross. How are you? I am doing well, and I slipped into your presentation, saw a lot of the chairs filled, people were engaged, looked like it was adding a lot of value. You think you could uh, tell us a couple of points that people had as takeaways of this is something I need to know, even though I know it was a long session, a lot of content. What do you think are one or two things that really made a difference for the advisors? Sure. Well, in digging into this idea of retiring in another country or overseas, uh, the first thing I think is critical to remember is that it's different than visiting overseas. You know, we were just in, you know, Coronado Island, just off of San Diego and had this wonderful view from my balcony and it was beautiful and, and exciting. So it's one thing to visit and stay at the Hotel Dell for a few days. And it's another thing to look at what's real estate going to cost me on Coronado Island and can I really afford to live here? So um, the hotel you stay in in Rome may not be the neighborhood you can afford to live in in Rome. So what does that really look like if you're digging into that as somebody who wants to retire overseas? And secondarily, living overseas is far more complex than visiting overseas. So if you've got uh, if you've bought a place, getting the plumbing fixed, getting your car repaired, uh, and navigating all those in a foreign language that may not be your strong suit yet is a, a quite a big challenge and big adjustment. So I think for families to think about that is 
is really critical from the starting point. And secondarily, there's all the technical aspects to this too. You know, we've got a different treaties with lots of different countries on how the mechanics of uh, United States, you know, taxpayer will navigate being in a foreign country. So there are a hundred or so different income tax treaties. There's 30 or so totalization agreements which govern retirement income and social security and another handful that govern transfer tax. So uh, you could be in a country that's governed by three different agreements, two, one, or none. So things can be very different even from Portugal to Spain or from uh, you know, India to uh, Malaysia. So there's a lot that you might assume works that you can't really take for granted if you're trying to make that big jump and leap over to truly living in another country. So I think those are the two biggest things I would say to anybody who's interested in that space. And when you think about them, I, I think they're intuitive because renting versus owning in the US, if you think about your responsibilities of renting versus owning, the complexity versus the simplicity of trying to own something and then maybe letting go of it down the road versus renting, it's much easier. And, and we choose that path in, in America just simply because it's easier in some cases and we don't want to deal with all that. So I hadn't even thought about going overseas and then trying to become an, an owner overseas versus just renting. I don't really want to own here to begin with some of the time, but to do it overseas, yeah, that, that's a, a great point. And, and the tax treaties and everything, when we first had a conversation, you and I, that's something we talk, talked about. And uh, I would say that's counterintuitive in the sense that we just can't make any assumptions that a capital gain is a capital gain or income is income. So it's really good to talk through that and, and put me on guard that when a client says, hey, I'm going to this country, I can't make any assumptions until I actually do the research and figure out what's going on there. So two, two really good nuggets. Now, I know you went to a lot of the sessions. You had a great tweet where you were sitting on the balcony saying, this is a wonderful view. Uh, I'd love to enjoy the view, but I've been in sessions all day long because the sessions are good. Uh, any takeaways from the sessions for you that you really think were impactful? Yeah, well, you know, certainly post COVID, it was just wonderful to be back with, um, you know, Trudy Turner said, you know, it's great to be back with our tribe again. And it was so wonderful and so um, energy giving to be around people and, learning and sharing experiences and catching up on our lives. So that was really delightful. Um, as far as in session, uh, the one about aging and caregiving really kind of stuck with me. And um, I hadn't really done the perspective taking exercise of thinking about what it's like for that, you know, the client who is aging and whose, you know, world is changing and who's, it's difficult to move around and their bodies changing and you don't feel great. So you're not sleeping well. And so it's just a, um, you know, how difficult that circumstance must be. And for any of us who've gone through, you know, any kind of sickness or anything extended, I think we can relate to that. But uh, the thought of that being, you know, just helped me really give me a lot more compassion for what that looks like as the need to, you know, think through in more detail, the communication between family members and our team as well as some real healthy thoughts around just what are our boundaries. You know, we're often so connected to what's going on with clients and their families. You know, we wanna hop in and help and solve whatever we can, but really think in advance about what, what are we willing to do and what are we capable of doing well and what, is, what can we really not do that we're gonna to have to say no to. So, um, so those are things I find myself continuing to think about with a few families right now and how do we continue to navigate that. It's a great comment. I just had a call 
uh, with some people and they, they're right at retirement age and they said they went to their monthly dinner party with a bunch of our other couples and they said all we all were talking about was taking care of our parents who were having health issues. Yeah. And, and, and I kind of smiled and said, um, yeah, that, that's what happens because that's how it goes. So yeah, what a, what a great way to get those takeaways and start to think about what those people are going through because it, it's part of life. So uh, I think it's awesome. Jude, yeah. thanks for being at the conference. Thanks for speaking. Look forward to seeing you next year. Very much, Ross. Thanks again. And um, I think it's so great having you as an advisor who also is running this conference because it uh, certainly gives you, I think, a great perspective on what we're all going through and looking for. So uh, really appreciate that and grateful for what you've put together here. We'll definitely see you the next year and be around. Thank you for listening to Shaping Change with Ross Marino. This show is for general information purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendations or advice. Speak with a legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Past performance references are historical and do not guarantee future results. Visit rlsummit.com to learn more.